Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. And a fly ball to right. Hit deep. And clear the deck with a cannonball and anchor down in St. Louis. Brian Reynolds, a three-run homer. Fly ball to right field, and out goes Frazier. Clear the deck with a cannonball. Adam Frazier hits his fourth. Cannonball coming. What are we doing? Like, I know the Cardinals offense. We'll get into it. That was the worst thing that happened last night. Clear the deck with a cannonball? Well, it's the Pirates. Oh, come, come on. on. Don't you get it? He, he gets into it. He's good. He's I'm sure fun. he's a wonderful human. I'm not trying to take a shot at the Don't man. Don't you but... go there, BK. What are we doing? That we got to find a new catchphrase. It's uh, the Danny Mac Show on a Friday. That is BK, and that's Tanner. You want to focus on the calls? <sighs> Can we do that for a little longer? <laughs> I feel like that'd be more enjoyable this oh. morning. I went Dan, to how, and the game was over by the time I got back. Hold, hold on. Oh, just be quiet, Tanner. Go ahead, BK. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, Cardinals, I don't know if you heard they lost last I night. Yeah, I heard. Yep. It was a tough one. Uh, they got down 2 nothing, and I was like, okay, we can go ahead and watch the NHL playoffs now. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, well, fans haven't even settled in their <laughs> seats, and it's 2 nothing." Uh, Carlos Martinez walked the leadoff man, wind up uh, walking seven in that ball game. Cardinals walked eight in the game. And what was it, a total of four hits, five hits in the game? Not enough. Not enough. Uh, in the month of June, the Cardinals have been outscored 21 to 13 in the first inning, 20 to seven in the second, so playing a lot of catch up, 16 to six in the third, 20 to three in the fourth. The Cardinals doing some numbers here, here in the month of June. They are 6-17. and 17. That's the record. Two or fewer runs now in 31 games. Most in baseball. Mm. Taking and it they're in, the best at something. Well, taking it even further, 10th time in the last 12 games, they've had 10. 10th uh, time in the last 12 games, two or fewer runs. Since May 1st, the Cardinals are 29th in runs. So that is... Um, that is a real rough uh, stretch of baseball. So sometimes in baseball, your pitching's in a rough stretch, mm-hmm. and your offense picks you up, or your offense is hitting well. The outslug teams because your pitching's terrible. Right now, it is everything. It is just collectively bad for the St. Louis Cardinals, and that's what adds up to six and seventeen in the month. And yesterday was was just a bad baseball game. Carlos Martinez disinterested, walking everybody. Uh, home runs happening. They they had a potential inning inning double play. Next guy comes up, boom, hits a three run homer. That's the way that things go. But I, I don't think you know when you when you look at what happened last night. And I don't know if you agree with this. To me, the story was after the game. Yes, I totally agree. And it's Tommy Edmond with. His comments after the game, and and if you haven't heard him or haven't heard the show this morning or didn't read your paper or got on Twitter, 
It's what most people around or that follow this team are talking about this morning. One of the main parts is just kind of mid-game adjustments, knowing that if you if you don't necessarily have the at-bat that you want in the first first time through the lineup, that there probably is going to be a good chance to get a run-scoring opportunity later on and just staying engaged and, and being aware of how the, how the team is pitching us and um, how the team is pitching each person individually. And kind of going along with that, a little bit of that is uh, preparation, the preparation that we talked about. I don't think we've necessarily done the greatest job of making a game plan for how guys are going to throw us us day by day, working on things pregame that are specifically tailored uh, to prepare ourselves for that. So I think we're going to kind of start to implement a few more of those things into our pregame uh, routines, and uh, hopefully that helps us out. Wow. Yep. That's a damning comment. And uh, I think it's by design. I, I don't think Tommy Edmonds the kind of guy that just flies from the hip. I think this has been building up clearly, and he knew what he was saying. Um, he's a smart kid. He's a hell of a baseball player. But the two things that stand out to me, preparation and it's they're putting the work in, but maybe it's how they're preparing is what he's saying. And the one thing that I've been talking about, and you've heard me say this a lot prior to hearing Tommy Edmond, what are the mid-game adjustments? What are you seeing? So, okay, you're preparing for this guy to go in this direction. This is what the video has been showing. This is what his tendencies are on a 2-1 pitch. I can tell you all that. You and I could do that. I could tell you that this is what's going to happen on 2-2. This is what he likes to do in this count. This is what he likes to do with a base runner on. This is his tendencies with this X, Y, and Z. However, tonight, in the first three innings, he's not doing that. And this is what I'm seeing. This is what he's doing with left-handed batters. This is what he's doing to righties. So what are the in-game adjustments? What are the conversations like in that dugout? And he's saying that's really not being done because there's no mid-game adjustments. That is a problem, man. That's a problem. It's a huge problem. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna read this again in case anybody missed what I think is the nugget that came out of that quote from Tommy Edmond. He said, "Quote preparation. I don't think we've done the best job of making a game plan of how guys are going to throw at us game by game and working on things pregame that are specifically tailored for that." I think we're going to start implementing a few more of those things into our pregame routines, and hopefully that helps us out, end quote. So he's saying, he talked about the the in-game adjustments as well. That's a huge part of this, but I want to focus on that pregame part of it. So before the game, I asked Mike Schilt two nights ago what the process was like, and Schilt said, and I agree with him, I do not think this is a lack of effort or anything. He said that their processes are good. It's led to a lot of success, so on and so forth. And now you've got Tommy Edmond coming out publicly. And that is such a huge thing. This is not a um, an anonymous report coming yeah, out of the is, clubhouse. This, this is Tommy Edmond house. putting his That's name right. on it, saying it to the media. And a question, by the way, that was not specifically about Jeff Albert. It was not about their hitting. A, it, this was him. I've got something to say, and yep. I'm going to say it. It, it. He knew what he was doing. When he says something like this, this was clearly addressed. He also mentioned that they had a meeting in the clubhouse before the game yesterday. And Mike Schultz, prior to the game, if you're kind of reading the breadcrumbs of what happened to that meeting, he said they've talked about stuff like this. On-base percentage needs to improve. Their approach has to be better. So there's a meeting before the game about this kind of stuff. Tommy Edmond comes out post-game and says our pregame routine and our in-game adjustments are not good enough right now. Dan, I'm going to say it because I don't want you to have to be in a place to do this. 
What exactly is the hitting coach's job? Because when I look at the job description for a hitting coach, and I'm not the guy that typically calls out the hitting coach because I think that's a thankless job in general. You got to put together the game plans. You got to work stuff pregame. You got to help your guys in game with their adjustments. And then for Jeff Albert, his job's a little bit different. It's also the minor league instructor. He's got the whole philosophy for the organization is under his umbrella. Well, Dan, I saw yesterday the Cardinals currently have the second worst minor league system right now in baseball. When you look at their overall production in terms of the win loss record. So the production ain't there in the minor leagues. You're one of your better players one of your smartest people on your team is coming out publicly and stating that your process isn't good enough well then what exactly would you say you do here jeff albert it's just at some point there are so many of these arrows that are being thrown his way some fairly some unfairly I don't know that I have a whole lot that I can say at this point that's going to defend the man well I, I think that the hitting coach when a team is doing well sometimes gets way too much of the credit and when they're doing poorly takes too much of the heat but when I hear a player come out and publicly say our preparation is not where it needs to be prior to a game and then says we're not making mid-game adjustments in-game adjustments that's squarely on the guys that are in the dugout and the coaching staff and specifically in this part of the game is what he's talking about so yeah I mean (laughs) He came out and said it. So it's on him. And now the question is, what do you do? You know, what what happens when the Cardinals go to the ballpark tonight? What kind of adjustments can you make? Now they they shook up the lineup a little bit. You rearranged the furniture. That's fine. So that's one part of it. Now let's not overlook what happened last night with the pitching either. Mm -hmm. You know, Carlos Martinez looked disinterested from the get-go, in my opinion. And I've seen him in just about every start since he's come up and also relief appearances when he's flat out nasty and I'm watching him walk the ballpark and it was, it was, it was bad. And, uh, tell you what, there's a couple things I'm going to throw at you here and, and let's take a look at it. So John Gant, we mentioned this yesterday, first 10 starts 50 and two thirds, Five innings per start. Cardinals went four and three, or he went four and three. They were six and four. You could live with the walks because he was walking the tightrope and he got out of it. But the last four starts, 14 innings, 14 walks. 0 and four in those starts, ERA near 12. Mm. And he's starting to get batted around a little bit. There's a trend now beginning to happen. Yeah, the slugging. Carlos Martinez in his last five starts, 19 and two thirds, ERA near 14. So I got to wonder if, and I mentioned this during the broadcast last night, Wade LeBlanc is in. What's he doing? He, he's throwing strikes. You got to have somebody in there throwing strikes. And if he's given up, he gave up a couple home runs last night. First two he's given up since he came to St. Louis. Put him in the rotation. I'm fine with it. I'd rather watch that than some guy walk in the ballpark and a guy that's competing out there and gives me a shot to win. So I, I, maybe LeBlanc goes there. I went and looked up Matthew Libertor since he's come back from Team USA. His last three starts, he has 18 strikeouts in 15 and a third. Uh, He retired last night, 14 of the last 16. It's probably not ideal to rush him, uh, but do they feel as an organization that maybe he came back from his time with Team USA and they say, and I don't know if they feel this way. It's tough to get access down there because of the the COVID protocols, but do they feel that, hey, Something happened where he took another step 
And we're at a breaking point now where we got to try things. We got to think outside the box. We need a jump start. That's why they brought up Lars Newpar. And I liked what I've seen out of him. He looks different, by the way. You notice a little jump in his step mm-hmm. when he's playing? Yeah. Looks different. Now, the team, granted, looks flat, and you look flat when you don't hit. They haven't hit at all. So you're always going to look like, man, this team is flat. There's nothing going on. Well, you're right. There is nothing going on because you're not hitting. But maybe that's something to look at. And I'm, I'm going to go to your point that you made yesterday, and I'm starting to come around on it. I don't like it. Um, but the, the idea of Reyes in and, in, you know, spot start or doing something with him, because at some point when you're not winning games and he's not pitching, and it, does he give you a chance to win? Certainly would give you uh, a start. And even if he's walking people, no one's going to score on him because he strikes out everybody. Finally gave up a run on the road the other day because he hadn't pitched in seven days. He wasn't sharp. But maybe is that in the back of their minds because he's at roughly 30 innings right mm-hmm. now. And you, you'd love to, in the ideal world, get him to, let's say, 70 to 80 innings this at year. A minimum, yeah. You know, and they... they you know, they said, hey, we'd love to get him to 100. I didn't think that was ideal or possible anyway, even with a great year, and he's your closer. But is that something that maybe you have to look at? Maybe. And and here's what I'm trying to say, generally speaking. you you got to shake this thing up because your season's going to – you're going to get to the all-star break, and this season's going to be lost. And it doesn't have to be right now. It may seem like it is, but you're, what, five and a half, six and a half out you do some things just to shake it up with what you got personnel wise, because what you have right now ain't going to cut it. This is the type of day. I know it's gloomy outside. I don't even know if they're going to be able to get this game in tonight. So whether it be today, tomorrow, whenever the Cardinals play again, that John Mosellock's got to talk to the media and say, here's the changes that are taking place. I'm not the guy that calls for jobs. I hate doing that, but whatever the changes are, they've got to happen. And there has to be some urgency with it. Dan, to your point on the Alex Reyes as a potential opener, whoever the opener is, maybe it's a guy that they love down in AAA that they think can come up and fill into that role that throws a bunch of strikes. I think they've got a kid by the name of Connor James. He's been throwing a bunch of strikes down there. He's a reliever for them. You bring him up. Connor Jones, excuse me. Jones, Um, right. Maybe he comes up and he's the guy that you use in that role. Whoever it may be, you've got to get better starts to these things because last night the game was over before Tanner even had his hot dog to sit down to watch the game. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, I'm texting Tanner. I'm like, wow, Carlos just doesn't have it tonight. It's going to be a long night. Tanner's like, wait, what happened? I haven't even sat down yet. I'm like, well, it's over. You don't have to sit down. It's all right. Because the Cardinals in the month of June have been outscored by eight runs in the first inning, 13 runs in the second inning, and 10 runs in the third inning. Well, there's where your opener comes in. If you've got a guy that's effective, at least you're getting to the fourth inning with a chance. At least your lineup isn't going into the middle of the game thinking, man, we got to hit a three-run blast in every inning to be able to come back in this thing. Yeah. Maybe then you're chasing a little bit less. So you're giving yourself a chance. You feel a little better. You're not waiting for the other shoe to drop immediately when the game starts. That's why I would consider it much more so than really anything else. You just... I mean, the high leverage innings right now for the Cardinals are the first and the second innings instead of in the eighth and the ninth. And that stinks. But until that changes, I think you've got to try to go that route. Got to try something. And again, you know, you brought it up with me yesterday and I was like, nope, I don't like it with Reyes because I just want to see him have a clean, healthy year. And I get that, by the way. Yeah. I'm with you. But at this point, you're you're getting to the you're, you're getting to desperate times just just to have a a hope of, of staying in this thing, a glimmer of hope to say, hey, let's get this thing turned around a little bit and just have, you know, 500, uh, you know, 
get to the break by uh, get to the All Star break and be around 500 or at 500, which you're only three games under. But you say only three games under. The problem is, look at how you've gotten to this point. It's been awful this month. I mean, really bad. Dan, and the, in their last 23 games, they've been outscored 126 to 63. They've exactly. literally been doubled up yes. in their last 23 games. Brutal, man. Yeah. It's brutal. And they're playing bad teams. Yes. That's the worst part is that right now you're playing the worst of the worst, and you've allowed 50 base runners over your last three games. 50. That's Im- That should be impossible. So the hitting coach clearly is taking a lot of heat, but this also goes on players too. It, you know, at the end of the day, it's on players too. For so sure. it's accountability uh, across the board. All right, what we're going to do is take a quick time out, then we're going to visit with Ryan Ludwig, find out what Ryan Ludwig is up to these days. Love to check in and see how he's doing, and we'll do that in a moment. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. off home run for Ludwig in the air left center field will they carry out of here it is gone home run and the Cardinals win it Ludwig wins it with a walk-off home run nine to eight the final a young Danny Mac and a young Ryan Ludwig as we welcome you back to the Danny Mac show on a Friday rainy here in St. Louis. That is BK. And we say good morning to one of my all time favorites, former Cardinals all-star outfielder, Ryan Ludwig. Hey, uh, Ryan, great to hear your voice. How you doing, buddy? I mean, talk about voices. Did you hear that call? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, that's ridiculous. It was what gone. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I, it should have been better. I know. I screwed that you. Perfect, man. Nah, it was a bad okay, one. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic, Luddy. How you doing? Doing well. I'm doing better good, than Dan's good, voice good was on that day. <laughs> oh man, it sounded so good. Like I feel like I'm in a yearbook right now. It's awesome. I love it. I would have said you're one of my favorites. Good luck in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's how I would have signed it, Danny Mac. What are you? What Danny are you? Up to? Where Where are you at, buddy? Where, what are you doing? I'm on the back patio. Oh I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm watching the kids. My wife's down at the coast right now in South Texas with her girlfriends, and we got some serious daddy daycare going on around here. Oh, God. She left you alone with the kids? Yeah, yeah. How old are Is the kids now? 12 and 8. God, I would, I would have guessed 4 and 5. That's unbelievable. Well, 12 and 8. Bro. It's unbelievable, man. Um, are you involved in any shape or form of baseball now that things are getting back to normal right now? Um, a little bit, yeah. I'm working, uh, obviously, I got my son's team. Um, I'm fully involved with that 12 youth select team. We're heading down to Florida um, this weekend to play in a tournament in Panama City Beach, Florida. And then uh, I'm working with uh, a company called Perfect Game a little bit, um, scouting um, amateur baseball um, uh, part-time on the weekend. So um, trying to get back in the pro game. You know, I've been reaching out to some people. Thank God the game's starting to get back to normal. No um, kidding. Good to see people in the stands. The College World Series has been great. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been fun to watch with uh, baseball getting back to normal. What would you like to do? Like, if you get back into pro baseball in some capacity, are you thinking hitting coach? What what capacity would you like to be involved? Hitting's my passion, um, no doubt about it. I love hitting. Um, love talking the mental side of the game. Um, love talking, you know, about the swing. And, 
I'd say uh, number two would probably be outfield. Obviously, I played outfield my whole life. I never played first base. I pitched a little bit growing up, but um, you know, I really took a lot of pride in the way I played the outfield. Even though I wasn't maybe the fastest runner when I was in St. Louis, I felt like I made the the consistent routine play, and and uh, I didn't cut off man. And you know, I felt like I played a solid D, and I, I take a lot of pride on the defensive side too. Hey, how'd you come up with Brass Monkey as your your walk up song? Oh man. I just—I've always wanted to ask not, you I that. Was, I was—I was just—I don't know why, but when I was young, I—you know—I had a Beastie Boys cassette that I would throw in the frickin' the boombox, and when I was out like doing my sprints or whatever in the front yard, and that was playing. It was that whole licensed ill album, like that whole album's like legendary to me. I, it's my favorite album. It's my favorite album of all time, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right. I decided to ask you that. Sorry. I yeah. you know always wanted to know. You know, Brass yeah, Monkey. It, okay, all I right. Mean, were you a fan or not? Oh, I I had it too on my cassette. I had I had it too. I I know every word to every song. I love that. Beastie Boys were the best. Yeah, they were. They were. Are you still in contact with anybody here in St. Louis much, or former teammates? You still hearing uh, much from guys? Uh, yeah. I mean, I talked to I talked to people in the organization, and um, I talked to some uh, some some old teammates here and there. Um, you know, baseball is a weird 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 sport. Is when you're when you're with eight different organizations and um, it, it's tough to keep in touch with everyone. You meet so many people. You know, I, if I if I had it my way, I would have been a cardinal from day one to to till day end. I mean, that in my opinion, that's like that's like baseball heaven. So um, I was very fortunate to be able to be there for you know three and a half years and have some of my best best years there. And you know, that's that's home to me. I I, I think it's the best organization in all of baseball. How much are you able to watch them right now, Letty? I watch them quite a bit. Um, I, I, I check the box score every day, um, but I have MLB TV here, and you know I can throw them on whenever I want. But sometimes family gets in the way. But yeah, I try. I try to keep up as much as possible. We're in a little bit of a rough stretch. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Uh, it's a little rough right now. Lottie, well, people yeah. are very down today in St. Louis. The weather stinks. It's dark and gloomy outside. We're not sure if this game's going to be able to be played tonight. The offense has not been hitting. The pitching is walking everybody. Uh, what What have you noticed about this team that you, if you were in there talking to the guys right now, what What have you noticed that would be the easiest fixes in your mind? Well, first of all, I wouldn't talk to any of the pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, um, but yeah, it's it, you know I'm a glass half full guy. You know, you, you look at you look at the offense and you look at the team, right? I, when you look at that lineup on paper, it's a great lineup, and and unfortunately, you know, they just haven't hit their stride. You know, I'm a firm believer that when this team gets hot, I don't think it's an if. I think when this team gets hot, they're going to run off a lot of victories. Now, hopefully, hopefully. It doesn't happen too late. Obviously, you know when you get too far behind the game, it's 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 hard playing catch up. But I, you know that offense is very electric, um, and I think it's just a matter of time. I really do, and and it's just unfortunate because right now I feel like being in St. Louis and the passion the fans have and and the passion for that organization, it, it's expected to play well, right? I mean that's 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 what any Cardinals fan or anyone who played for that organization or anyone that works, there's a passion for that organization and and, and it's expected to win. But I truly believe that that these guys are going to get hot. Um, 
I mean, Arenado and Goldschmidt, I mean, come on, these guys rake, and it's, it's only a matter of time. But if I, if I was talking to them as far as a hitting standpoint, you know, just slowing the game down, you know, and, and you know, sometimes you got to go to that two-strike approach earlier or, you know, you gotta you got to let the ball get deeper and actually hit the ball the other way and, 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 and see the ball travel. Um, it's just, you know, slowing the game down. I think right now everything's sped up, if that makes sense. I mean, I know you guys talk to players and – the game can get really fast at a level. I mean, it's the best in the world, and now everyone's throwing 98 miles per hour in the league, and, and somehow you gotta, you got to find a way to slow it down. I find it really interesting, especially in this town, and we may not be the, the hugest media market, but there is an expectation and there's a pressure to win, and every lineup is dissected. Every time it comes out, I mean, people are like, well, why would you put – Joe Blow there, and you need to put that guy. I mean, everything is dissected, which makes it great. Um, but you you know, you know, the Cardinals right now are six and seventeen in the month of June. They have had two or fewer runs in thirty one games this year. That's most in baseball, and two runs or fewer in ten of the last twelve games. So obviously, you know, there, there's a lack of offense right now, and. What I'm trying to get to is that they're they're feeling it, man. There there is pressure in that clubhouse. Um, what what can you do? Like what what do players do when they're going through times like this to try to loosen things up and just go out and say, "Hey guys, the past is a past. We can't change it, but let's start tonight. Let's go. Let's let's get this thing going. Let's get back on the right track." Um. So I've been on many teams, different organizations. I believe the really good teams. They don't feel it. They, they, even when they're down, they believe they're going to win, and they, they come back and they end up, eventually they, they win. Um, what scares me is the team that has the constant, and I don't know how this team works up there right now, but but when you're having the constant team meetings, like the secret, as you guys know, there's secret team meetings. Um, when those are constantly happening, that's 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 scary for me because that's when you know, I feel like panic kind of is setting in. Um, but it's still early. It's, I mean, it's a 162 game season and, and, you know, they got some really good leaders over there. Um, it, the relaxation part is just like coming to, coming to the work, work office every day and, and just doing your job. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to worry about who's to your right and left. You just got to show up and do your part and, 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 and not worry about what happens after that. And, that's what the good teams do. You know, those guys show up and they do their job and they're not worried about the win and lo- the, the wins and losses. And, and usually they come out on top because, uh, you know, it's a band of brothers. Former Cardinals all-star outfielder Ryan Ludwig joining us here on 101 ESPN. Ryan, last night we heard from Tommy Edmond. And if you don't mind, I'd love to read you a quote that he said in the post-game press conferences, post-game press conference rather, because I'd love to get your thoughts when you hear something like this from a player in a post-game presser. He said, there are a few things we need to adjust on the mental side of the game. There's a few parts to it. One of the main parts is mid-game adjustments, knowing that if you don't have the at-bat you want the first time through, there's going to be a good chance to get a run-scoring opportunity later on. Being aware of how the team is uh, pitching each person individually, and then this part is the part that got me. The preparation, I just don't know that we've done the best job of making a game plan of how guys are going to throw us game by game and working on things pre-game that are specifically tailored for that. 
I think we're going to start implementing a few more things into our pregame routines, and hopefully that will help us out. When you hear something like that, Luddy, from a player as smart, as um, introspective as Tommy Edmond is, what does that say to you? Because he said this in his postgame presser publicly. Well, Tom, I had I had Tommy uh, in State College uh, out of the draft. I worked with Tommy quite a bit, and Tommy's an uber intelligent guy. I mean, uber intelligent man. Uh, I, I think I think that's kind of getting back to the way I feel like we prepped back in. The, I mean, there was a lot of film, and the game plan is really important. Like knowing what that pitcher's doing and how he's attacking you. Um, as far as what type of hitter you are. And then also, I think you have to know what type of hitter you are, right? Like, am I a guy that can go up there and drive the ball out of the yard, or am I a guy that has to stay gap to gap? And, uh, you know, I, I feel like in today's game, we've gotten so backwards in the fact that we talked about, like, this launch angle thing and home runs, and, and I think we've – as a whole, I hate saying it, but I, th- I think we've kind of we, we forgot how to learn how to like control the barrel through the zone. Like, can I move a runner the other way, or can I actually, if Shielty gives me a hit and run, can I actually get it down? Am I confident? Like, I'm going to get this thing down nine times out of ten, or can I lay down a bunt? Am I going to get it down every time? And and you know, I, I can honestly say Tony would give me the bunt sign, and I got it down every time. Was I a bunter? No, he gave it to me like four times, but I could control the bat. I think we've gotten to the point where it's just we're, we're one-plane swings, and I think that's why the strikeout rates are so high. Um, but it's it's a power-on-power game, and it's been that way for a couple of years. And I think um, what what I'm teaching my 12-year-old kids is we're teaching them hit and runs and how to how to hit the ball the other way and and control the barrel because those dudes those dudes on the bump right now they're pretty nasty. So if you're not controlling the barrel. It's going to be tough to hit. Luddy, who was the guy or the, the, the people, maybe if it was multiple, that were implementing that game plan with you guys and were working with that stuff with you as a player pregame? Um, well, obviously the hitting coaches are a huge part of it. And then, uh, you know, there's I don't know if there's a secret weapon down there in the video room. Chad Blair, he's pretty good too. Um, that guy's uh, uber intelligent. I mean, I'd go to him every day uh, when I was watching film and be like, "Hey, Chad, what do you think, man? Like, like, how am I attacking this guy? What do you see? Um, here's my thoughts. What are your thoughts?" And and just getting an individual game plan every day for me to step up the plate, knowing what what kind of shape I was looking for as far as like, okay, Kerry Woods on the bump. All right, if I get in the game late innings, runner on second, he knows I'm hot. He's probably not going to throw a first pitch fastball. I'm sitting slider down on the way, which was his money pitch, but I knew he was going to throw it. So I would see that shape in my head and prepare myself for that pitch because I knew it was coming. So I had to sit on it and, and I had to, I wasn't trying to take a deep. I was just trying to throw that thing in the right center gap. And I did that off him numerous times, but you got to know who you're facing, what the shape looks like and how you're going to hit it. I'm curious, Ryan, do you think guys have, have gotten away in recent years from Let's say you do prepare for a game and you say, all right, his tendencies to right-handed batters on this count are this, and the numbers bear that out, and the video shows you that, and lefties, he's doing this with a guy's at first, and this count, and yada, yada, yada. We all can look at that stuff. 
Oh, by the way, after three innings today, he's 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 gone against his own book. And are, are guys paying attention is what I mean and saying, man, he's totally changed. And you know what? He's doing this. He's doing this in this count. Things have completely changed. He, he's going change up. Or tonight, he's a two-pitch pitcher. Eliminate that other pitch. I, I don't know if we're seeing the adjustments in-game that maybe we saw even as recent as like five, seven years ago. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. No, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I haven't been around the game for a year and a half. I've been out of the game for a little while. Um, I've been watching, but I do know this for a fact. I know, I know pitching's a lot better. I mean, the average fastball, I think – you know, when I came up, was probably about 91, 91 and a half miles per hour, I'd say. And I think the average fastball right now is probably right around 94. Um, there's a lot of guys throwing 97, 98, 99 in the game right now. And um, pitchers have a little bit of advantage because they, they, they can map out the way they're working, right? They know their spin rates. They know they know what pitches work best and, and what part of the zone. Um from a hitting standpoint, we can get, you know, um, we can get numbers as far as, you know, what our what our bat speed is and our launch angle and 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 how hard the ball's coming off the bat, and we can get all these numbers right, but we can't map out our swing, you know. And I think sometimes with hitting, when you get all these numbers, it can kind of clog the brain as opposed to like the old school philosophy is like get up there and hit the ball hard. I mean, yeah. just hit the ball hard. Get up there, see the ball, hit the ball hard. After that, you can't control anything. Like, it might go to right – you might hit a line drive at the shortstop ten times in a row. You know what? If you hit the ball hard, I don't care. Just hit the ball hard. And I think I think the game is just so – it's become so much about numbers um, that sometimes some guys like a Tommy Edmond can totally handle it. I mean, that guy is, like I said, uber intelligent. But it, it, I think it can bog some people down because they, they just – the, the more thought process at the plate, the harder it is to hit, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You got one more, BK? I, I just wanted to ask, Luddy, when you look back at your time here in St. Louis, I always like asking guys this question just because I think it kind of brings us inside of the clubhouse a little bit. Who were the guys that when you got onto the team plane, you were sitting next to, and what were some of those conversations? What was what was it like for Ryan Ludwick on the planes, the road trips here in St. Louis? Well, he always yelled at me when he passed me. That was first, and tried to just... Call me out. That was first. You were very tough on me, Ryan. No, I was not. You were the best. I'm kidding. It was it was all love. I know it was. You were great to me, actually. I appreciate that. You were good to me, too. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I would say, you know, Dunk. Um, God bless his heart. Rick Ankiel. Aaron Miles. Um, I, those were probably my, my big three. Um, Shoe. Wayno, um, Yachty, um, you know, we were, it's so crazy because like thinking back that you guys are taking me back in that yearbook again. We were so young, you know, but you know, Adam Kennedy, I talked to a lot because he took me out on my recruiting trip at uh, Cal state Northridge. Um, just, yeah, just, just talking shop and, and, um, talking about the game and, and uh, talking about the next city we were going to and who we were facing and, you know, how we're going to kick their butt and all that good stuff, man. Yeah. I, I miss, I miss, I miss the, miss the crap out of it. I mean, that's, that's what you miss the most when, when you're done playing the game is 
there's two things, competition and camaraderie. That's it. Um, and I miss, I miss the guys. That, that, that was a really, that was a really fun time. And, and, uh, you get that when you coach too, man, like, you know, seeing these guys up there right now that, um, I helped out with coming up, um, the Edmonds of the world and, and the Carlson's of the world and the Baders of the world. And man, it's great to see them, um, having some success at the big level. I'm sure you agree with me. This is my final point or question, but uh, Skip Schumacher is going to be a manager sooner rather than later. Would you uh, Would you agree with that? Yeah, he's got some serious music, man. Um, sees the game really well, and um, obviously he's a super smart guy, and everybody loves Skippy, um, that little fella. Yeah, he's... He's 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 a tough, he's a tough dude, man. He's, yes, he uh, is. He's got a little bit of a he's kind of a blend between like a Dusty Baker and a Tony Larusa. Yeah, he he gets the uh, red, you know what, every once in a while, and he's got yes, a burning desire to win. And you know what, guys, that he and he got ten years in the big leagues, and you had to go through so many tough injuries to make it to the big leagues as a highly prized prospect. But then when it gets taken away from you, and you have to work and work and work. Those are the guys that never, ever take it for granted. And when you have those kind of guys, man, those are the kind of guys that wind up being great coaches or managers. And I truly believe that. Yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way, man. Uh, me and my wife talk about it all the time. Like, what if I never got hurt? But, you know, I think that's what kind of installed the, you know, that, that I kind of got that nickname, a grinder. And um, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love I love. I have so much passion for the game, and gosh, man, uh, so grateful and thankful for the 16 years in pro ball and and um, being able to coach for five. It's it's been it's been a great run, man. Life, no complaints. Well, you're a hell of a player, and you're a better person, man. And it's always great to catch up with you. And uh, don't be a stranger. Come on the show. Come <laughs> back to St. Louis. Come in the booth. Whatever you uh, whatever you want to do, and uh, let's stay in touch. Dan, love you, you too, buddy. Thanks for having me. You're on. the best, man. Um, Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. I'll be around. Dan, I send you a text every once in a while. I'll stay in touch. I I, I got one from you last week. I love it. You know that. Yeah, you're yeah. the best. Talk, All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, you guys be good. You too, buddy. That's right, uh, you got it. That's Ryan Ludwig, uh, former All Star here in St. Louis. What people don't understand, I, well, I think some people do. When Ryan Ludwig was uh, coming out uh, college and and in high school. He was thought of as one of the best players in the country. Mm-hmm. And then he had some really nasty wrist injuries and then re-injured it again. And so he was almost out of baseball. And the guy that found him and gave him a shot was John Mozalock and said to the organization, said, hey, we, we need to take a flyer on this guy, seen some things, think he can make it, think he can do it. And he got that shot. And boy, did he make the most of it. And then... Finally got the chance to do that's what makes baseball great. You get that second chance or third and uh and made the most of it, became an all star and and enjoyed a really nice long big league career, but was kind of a forgotten man because that's the other bad part about baseball is that you can get lost in the shuffle. Oh, a lot sure. of guys and you know, you, you get the label, well, he's injury prone or whatever, and um that was awesome. That was that was great. He's such a good guy and um enjoyed a lot of um non 
baseball nights with Ryan Ludwig. He, he's just a great dude, man. On the baseball side of things, if you're a guy that, or if you're somebody that uh, thinks that Tyler O'Neill is going to turn this thing around and this year is what you're going to see moving forward, Ryan Ludwig's probably a pretty good comp in yeah. terms of what what it looks like when a guy takes a little longer than you would have hoped to really kind of hit it and everything clicks for him on the big big league stage. Uh, that's kind of what happened for Ryan Ludwig. It was later on in his 20s. There were injuries that were the main contributing factor for nasty it. Nasty wrist injuries. Like, it, people thought he was done. It's certainly not one-to-one, but that's that's probably the closest thing in recent Cardinals history that I can think of where a guy just, like, I mean, you look back at his 08 season, 37 home runs, 113 RBI. That is, Monster. I mean, that's a superstar yeah. right there. You know, that that's the kind of thing that you hope that Tyler O'Neill is capable of. Um, and speaking of that season, it's always great when you look back at some of the numbers of like, hey, when was the last time that a Cardinals player did X, Y, or Z? And anytime you're looking up RBI numbers for this team, Luddy's one of the first guys that comes up. Oh, yeah. and he's in he's in the group with like, um, Scott Rowland and Albert Bulls oh, yeah. and Jim Edmonds and, and Matt Holliday. It's like, wow, that's, that was a monster season for him. He, he's just a, a great dude and a great baseball mind. And that's the other thing, too. True. When you have those guys that had to go back and really, really earn it, the appreciation for the sport, that's why they become great coaches. So they can help those guys that are the bonus babies or those that have to grind, like he said, and, and shape the individual to become great baseball players. So a lot of fun visiting with Ryan Ludwig. Coming up, there's been uh, a lot of news and notes around Major League Baseball in the last 24 hours. We'll get into that. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Awesome to uh, catch up with Ryan Ludwig. If you missed any of that, you can go to the 101 ESPN revamped website, 101ESPN.com, and all our podcasts are presented by I Promise. You enjoyed that, didn't you, BK? I love talking with Ryan Ludwig. Anytime we can have him on, it's fantastic. Such a good baseball mind and just, uh, just a wonderful guy. So some Major League uh, quick hitters here. The Cubs make a little history last night on the West Coast. Zach Davies started, went six, gave it over to Tapera, to Chafin, and now Kimbrell. Field two. Swing and a miss. History in L.A. It's a no-hitter. Four Cubs combined on the 17th no-hitter in franchise history and the celebration. Hugs for Craig Kimbrell. What a night. A couple of things that I come away with this. Number one, they do it on the road against the Dodgers of all teams. Very good Dodgers team. By the way, Zach Davies, six innings. Zach Davies was terrible earlier this year. And now, uh, all of a sudden, you know what? He's he's spending it, man. He's, he's doing a pretty good job. Now, the Cubs starting pitching went through a run that they were not great. And then they were really good. Then they kind of fell off again, and that's why they were hovering around 500. And now they're starting to pick it up a little bit. So, um, you know what? They're going to hang around all year, and it'll be interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline. I I see them hanging around all year and probably adding before it's all said and done. We've talked a lot about the Cardinals' offensive issues, right? Yes. How about the Cubs who have been worse? 
They, and the Brewers. They're batting 188 in the month of June. 188. Their on-base percentage is 255. The only thing that the Cubs are doing well right now on the hitting side of things is they're slugging a little bit. They, they've got a little bit of power inside of that lineup, but they don't make a whole lot of contact. They're striking out a bunch. Basically, one out of every three at-bats for them is ending in a strikeout right now. They don't walk at all. The lineup has been atrocious for the month of June. That's It's actually the only one in baseball right now that is hitting worse than the Cardinals are. So the seventh no-hitter this season seven already so that's tied for the most in a season in the modern era by the way it's that's crazy june 25th first combined no hitter in cubs franchise history rays were nearly no hit yesterday and then they beat the red sox so he almost had the eighth no hitter in uh, the game of baseball the astros don't look now pk but the astros beat the tigers 12 to 3 they have that's won possible Teams can possible. do that. Tigers have played better. <laughs> they have. Including over the Cardinals. I'm done talking about that. Uh, the Astros, I just did three and a half hours. I'm done. I'm, I'm wiped out. The Astros uh, have now won 11 in a row. 11 in a row. This is a good team. Yeah, uh, they got Michael Brantley back, and basically ever since, they've been awesome yes. again. Uh, he, he's a really good baseball player, it turns out. He's a very important baseball player for what they're trying to accomplish so far this year. He's a 925 OPS. He's batting 355. Uh, look up and down the leaderboard. Yeah, that's number one in baseball. He's really good. The uh, Astros are going to be, once again, a very good baseball team. They're going to be there right at the end. I failed to mention on the the show this morning i was talking about young players i'll stop and watch and we were talking a lot about otani and i said well fernando tatis jr and soto acuna i forgot about this guy what he brings to the team swinging a drive a high fly ball to left field and this ball is gone another vladdy guerrero home run up to 24 he is really good man he's fun to watch he now leads all the baseball with 24 bombs speaking of home runs so if you were hoping to get Max Scherzer, and this dovetails into that, uh, I don't think they're going to sell because Mike Rizzo, is, at least his track record has been, if you're hovering around 500 or even if you're 18 and 33, which I think they were in the World Series year, they weren't going to sell. Kyle Schwarber, uh, his tear continues. Two more home runs yesterday, became the seventh player in the history of the game to hit eight-plus home runs in a five-game span. And they're starting to play good baseball. They just got Scherzer back with his start the other day. And so now they're starting to make a little run in the NL East. And that's a division that not a lot of teams are starting to you know, take off on. And if they get hot, they're right in the thick of things. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if they hold on to Scherzer. And, and keep them for the stretch run. Sure. Yeah, this is worst-case scenario for you if you're a Cardinals fan that wanted Max Scherzer on the team. They're 36-36 and 36 now on the season. They're yeah. just three and a half back of the Mets in the NL East, and the Mets are dealing with a litany of injuries as well, so who knows how long they're going to be able to hang on the way that they have thus far. Good pitching for the Mets. Uh, the lineup up and down throughout the season. I think the Nationals are going to probably end up standing pat. There's still a month. We've got a month between now and the deadline. A lot of things can change. The problem is their trajectory is heading in uh, a positive direction while the Cardinals head in the opposite. 
BK, what do you have coming up with uh, your program the next three hours? So Alex Ferrario is out today. He will be back in on Monday. We've got Jeremy Rutherford joining us for the 12 o'clock hour. So if you're looking for some positive news, some positivity on a Friday, the 12 o'clock hour, we've got a lot of it for you. We're going to be talking a lot of blues. That's going to be coming up from 12 to 1. Shane O'Brien, the former uh, Calgary Flames defenseman who came up with the rumor, the report, however you want to look at it, that Kachuk might be looking to get out of Calgary. He's going to join us coming up at 1130. Again, positivity. But Dan, we have to start out with the comments from Tommy Edmond last night. I think it's significantly bigger than anything that happened over the course of the nine inning game. Tommy Edmond talking after the game, I think, puts pressure on everybody involved in the organization. Sure. All right. We're going to have you tuned in the next three hours. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you at 10 on Monday on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.